Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello fellow humans, welcome to The Hot Mess Clubhouse, a podcast celebrating funny women, hosted by me, Lucy Vine, an author, journalist and absolute legend. Tell your friends. This week we welcome our third guest to The Clubhouse, stand-up comedian Jen Brister. As well as being a hilariously funny person who has appeared on telly and supported the likes of Frankie Boyle, she's also officially an author now too. Her book The Other Mother, a memoir for parents who don't fit the mould, was announced last week and is out in September. We talk about that, being a mum to twin boys and how kids can be total pricks. We also chat about her not being as much fun as her girlfriend, regrets and being 25% deluded. Hope you enjoy this chat and if you do, a review would be gratefully received. Thanks! Hi Jen! Hi! Welcome to the Hot Mess Clubhouse. Thank you, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm no, really excited. No, I'm a huge fan. Oh, fan. I think you're fucking wonderful. Oh, um, that's lovely. I mean, I'm just, just carry on. Um, have you ever been in a club before? Absolutely not. No, not a club person? No, I'm definitely the opposite of club. I think yeah. probably Anti- most stand-up comedians are yeah. not very good at clubs. Anti the structure. I don't think it's a structure. I just, well, perhaps it is a structure, but also You're just all fucking mavericks, aren't you? That's what I'm very antisocial. It's actually the truth of it. So when I was a kid, my mum actually—I had a couple of friends who were at guides, girl guides—and oh, I thought, yeah. okay, I, I, they, they're always banging on about how much fun it is, and they go sure. camping and they're making new friends. And I was like, yeah, let's let's go to that. So my mum was like, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, I want to do it. <laughs> I'm so going to be amazing. I'm going to be really amazing. I'm loads of friends would be amazing. So I went. Yeah. Hated it, absolutely. Oh, really? So I just said to my mum, I came back afterwards, and I went, I don't want to do this anymore. And my mum said, no, you've got to give it more than one time. You wanted to do this. You, you wanted to do this. this. Exactly. <laughs> you better have stick at this. So she took me the next week, and halfway through, I just said to them, I made up a lie, and I said, I've got to leave early because I've got an appointment. And they were like, oh. How old were you at this point? I don't know, like 11. And they were like, I have oh, an appointment. I've got an appointment. I'm really busy. And they were like, oh, is your mum picking me up? And I said, she's just outside. And they never checked. That's terrible. So I just so walked out. Another cross Another. Eh, eh. Yeah. I just walked around for an hour until my mum picked me up. That's amazing. And then the next week, I didn't even go in. But you still told your mum. I just going. walked around. And then you, at that point, were you like, mum, listen, I've given it three weeks. No, they saw me. And they oh, phoned my mum. And then she came to pick me up and she went, what are you doing? And I just said, 
said, I hate it here, and you made me go back, so I decided not to go, and I just walked around, I walked around the block for two hours. Well, that'll teach her to try yeah, and teach learn you it. a lesson. And uh, she went ape, and then uh, yeah, I never so. had to go back. So that's well, my experience enough. of clubs. You were endangering your life, so it's probably best yeah, not to Yeah, maybe an 11-year-old you... girl just wandering down the streets, probably not a great idea. Well, we, I thought I would start, welcome you to the club. I'm delighted club. to be here. Um, there's, a, there's an initiation, which is some kind of, right. don't worry, it's just... A quick fire round okay. of questions and get to know you. I get to know right, okay. So are you ready? Yeah. Where were you and what were you doing when you were six years old? I Where were you living? I was living in where I lived all my entire childhood, which was in Kingston. Oh nice. Uh upon Thames. Fancy. And uh yeah, it is now. It wasn't so fancy no. in the eighties. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't fancy at all, but it, it, I think it's quite snaz, snazzy now. Yeah. Uh don't get me wrong, I mean it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't rough no. uh, parts of it were rough actually still are but not where we were uh, uh, I don't know what was it I've got three brothers just we were probably just bundling each other mucking about in oh, school bundling yeah lots of that bundles. was the best fun I taught that to my nieces recently my sister yeah. wasn't a big fan of no. doing that but it's brilliant it's a it, rite of passage it's a rite of passage you have to get bundled at some yeah. point and Injured girls don't get legs. bundled this is it if they don't have brothers so uh, my friend's got two daughters and it's like we were like I've got two sons they've got two daughters it's like sorry it's bundle time bundle and time they actually they, they go they well, take tears. it no they're pretty tough girls oh, actually good. they're like they cope with it and actually they're quite into it that's awesome yeah, yeah yeah okay good how do you feel about lies white lies I'm 100% behind yeah great but lies I you know let's it depends I mean they've got to give me some context here I think okay. pretty, I think we well, can agree lying is not great well, I think it's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> but okay. So, as somebody who doesn't like to go out, as you previously mentioned, do yeah. you find yourself making up lies to get out of plans, or do you just do your friends just know that you don't want to go out? I'm, I'm that. That's in white lie category, isn't it? Okay. Totally. So, I uh, to be honest, a lot of the time I don't even have to lie because I'm working. They're like, "Can you come out on Friday night?" I'm working, Fair and enough. I am. Okay. But I mean, you know, in that context, yeah, of course, lying is a okay. It's brilliant. What are you a snob about? Oh, I am a snob. You don't think you're a snob and then something comes up and you're like, oh, God, I'm dreadful. I'm a dreadful snob. <laughs> I think when I see parents pushing their children in prams but smoking a cigarette over the pram. Oh, yeah. I'm like, come on, dude. Don't do that. Might as well just blow it in their faces. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm like, that is, no. Don't are you do more judgmental? More or less judgmental since you've become a mother. I am more judgmental, yeah. but I'm hyper aware of it. Like I know when I am being judgmental, I have to go. Come on. Also, like when I see someone like literally lose their shit, their kid. I don't know what that kid's been doing all day. Because sometimes kid's probably a dickhead. The kid is probably a prick. Yeah, exactly. So I've deserved it. Um, but there is a bit of me that goes, you don't need to scream at a kid like that. Like, Prick. But anyway, it's but the difficult. kid's probably a prick. The kid is probably a prick. <laughs> and it's difficult because obviously you are so amazing. I'm just I'm really, and I never listen to my children ever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it's all good. It's just expectations are too high. Um, Have you ever had a job you knew you were really bad at? You've just yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I've had loads of jobs I was bad at. E.g., uh, waitress. Okay, and you were actually bad. I was or just not enjoy it. I didn't mind waitressing in that the. The, the shifts used to go so quick if you were in a yeah. busy restaurant. I, didn't, I quite liked that. I didn't like how knackered I was, but I was terrible at it. Dropping stuff, customer service, sometimes for taking the order from the customer and then not giving it to the kitchen. Like there was one <laughs> like time. the one thing you the have one to do. That's, that's, your, that's your job. That is it. That's what you've got to do. <laughs> it's the 
conclusion, this couple, they got it got to the end of the night, yeah. and the and and my boss just went, "Can you tell them to go? Why are they? Why are they still here?" And I went up to them. I went, "Guys, listen, we're trying to we're TikTok, wrapping up." And some like, of us have got homes to go to. Oh, um, we're still waiting for our dinner. And then I looked in because I had like a, no. you know, an apron yeah. with a pocket in the front. And then I pulled out their order that was in the front of my Did apron. You I had to it? be like, yeah, I had to. I just went, oh, I didn't give it in. And the, <laughs> you at would, some point, I think it's their fault because how long do you sit there before you go? Listen? They've been how there much for longer? hours. So they were just being so British about it. They were on a date okay. and they were having this really nice oh, time. You probably played matchmaker. Then. And they had had plenty of booze. So the only thing I could do is I said, what do you want to drink? Okay, free drink. Dessert? And they were like, <laughs> yeah, dessert. And I went, all the booze has been free and a free dessert. I mean, I was saying this. I had literally no... Yeah. Then my manager went, yeah, that's fine, you absolute dickhead. They got a free... That sounds actually amazing. Ice cream thing, whatever it was that they wanted. They're probably married now. I hope and so. They still talk about that terrible like, waitress that who terrible bonded. Waitress? Yeah. You're actually a romantic soul bringing people together with your terrible Some sort of terrible matchmaking, Yeah. At a party, are you impatiently waiting for someone to suggest karaoke, dancing, food, or leaving? Depends on the party. That's I mean, fair. like, I, I'm, I'm, I. If I'm at a party and it's like I've got my friends there, then I'm, then I'm like, let's get the bloody karaoke on and let's yeah. have some dancing. But if I'm at a party where it's like, I've been invited to my partner's friend's party and I don't know anyone, then I, then I'm like hiding in the loo. Yeah, I'm just like, I can't abide small talk. I'm crap at it. Also, halfway through, people, I look angry. Yeah. <laughs> and people can feel my resting vibe. Resting angry face. I have bit resting bitch face. Good. And then I just want to go. And then I'm, I'm and then I just go. And you do go. Like, yeah. like in the brownies, all those years ago, you just oh, leave and wander around. I'm the, listen, I, I'm at that point now in my life where I don't want to go to award ceremonies. I don't want to go to some uh, fucking... I don't know, industry party. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to do any of that. Um, and I will avoid all of them at, at, what if at you all got, costs. What if you get, like, nominated, though? Oh, yeah. Like, then I'm totally there. I take in. whatever I need to take, and then I'm out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But still out the door. Is there a particular film or TV show that you go back to over and over again? I mean, if I tell you, there will be so much judgment. It's that's like, fine. I said lols like four times. Okay, fine. Right. No, you, that's true, actually. You've really, you've really... Uh, <laughs> let myself down. Let yourself down there. Um, probably something like embarrassing... Well, I'm not embarrassed, actually. I'm actually fine about it. Probably something like the Star Wars trilogy. Oh, really? I'm... Yeah, the original Star Wars trilogy is something I can watch over and over again. I don't really know, probably not so much Return of the Jedi, but certainly Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Okay, you have lost me. I like Star Trek, but they're very different. I like like my sci-fi to be really campy and sticky and stupid and cheap. Yeah, I mean, it can be, it's pretty camp. No, it's it's quite camp. I suppose the original was quite camp. It's pretty camp with with, uh, Harrison Ford and Princess Leia. That's pretty camp. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I like all of that crap. Amazing. And I used to, although not so much now, but I used to love that, oh, that Lord of the Rings business as well. That was quite good, wasn't it? I, I think I've watched those films probably about 20 times. Have you? That's sad. Uh, when you have friends over, how worried are you about spills and stains? I'm not. No. I've got two Again, four-year-olds. Ah, oh, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, so not at all. Fair enough. And finally, are you a person who has regrets? You, yeah, of course. I have lot. I have some people are very militant about not having regrets, though. They're lying. <laughs> I mean, what you go through your life 
Yeah. And you don't regret anything that you've done. What? Well, you, unless you're a psychopath, I suppose yeah. you wouldn't have regrets. I mean, it sounds quite nice to be a psychopath. Yeah, if I like uh, no, no empathy. I've, I, I mean, it's easier. <laughs> certainly easier to live your life. I mean, certainly if I've done, I've done things, things in the past where I've hurt people's feelings or I've said something and made someone feel sad or I've done something that's been pretty dreadful. I, I of course, I regret all of that. Do those things sort of itch at you every now and again? Yeah, there's a few, there's, I'm, God, yeah, there's a few things where I'm like, oof, when I think about it, yeah, I'm like, please don't think about that dreadful thing that I did. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Well, I, I think that's just being human, though, being isn't it? Being a human being. Yeah, a yeah. decent human being. I hope a decent human being. It's hard to tell, though, isn't it, these days? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, congratulations on passing the initiation, and um, oh, welcome to the club. Here is your party Oh, my bag. God, I get a party bag? Yeah. Jesus. It's full of chocolate, though, so if you don't like chocolate, it's very disappointing. Absolutely love chocolate. Yes. Do you know, do you know what? Some sweets, my, I think, as well. I'm going, to, I'm going to save these for my children just because Aww. I would enjoy eating them, but not as much as they will. Aww, the Kinder Bueno, they're, they're going to lose That's their tiny minds. chocolate, though, surely. Is it? I wouldn't give them all of it. You know. Okay, yeah. They can have Skittles? Yeah. Oh, my God. Skittles. Good times. Yeah. So I saw your wonderful, wonderful TEDx talk on YouTube. Oh, right. Thank oh, you. Oh, my God. It's so brilliant. Um, how did you end up doing that? Well, it was, um, I did a, uh, I hosted a show and tell, show and tell uh, run gigs all around the country in quite big theatres and I did one at the Brighton Dome. Yeah. I host, and I was emceeing it. And the chap who uh, organises the TEDx in Brighton just happened to be in the audience. Oh, right. And then uh, he sort of contacted me after Edinburgh and said, would you like to do a TED talk? And I was like, a TEDx talk? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. That and sounds like, okay. And he was like, it's in October. And I was like, it's September? And he was like, yeah, do you think you could write... 15 minutes of da 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 and I was like oh that's quite a lot of pressure I said well look I'll be honest with you uh, no <laughs> because <laughs> not twi- I said I'm starting a tour yeah and I have a book to write and I'm really busy I just don't think I've got time and I said but I've just done a show and I think there are a lot of themes within my show that I can expand and turn into a TEDx talk and he said fine do that <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay, great. So a lot of that is from my show, and then some of it, maybe six or seven minutes, is what I wrote for it. Right. But but um, the, the the scaffolding of it came from my show, Meaningless, which I did at Edinburgh. Yeah, of course. Towards, yeah. Um, so for those listening, it was called Changing the Way We Bring Up Our Boys. That yeah, right? that's right. Uh, um, and you have obviously mentioned your twin boys. Um, how old are they? They're four. Four. Yeah. Because I'm a twin. Are you? Yeah, and it's fucking weird. Are they identical? They are not. Okay, good. So I think identical twins are weird. Because um, I'm not identical. You're not. So have you got a brother? Or you're no, not a sister. sister but and you... I do think it's like much better to have two boys just because two girls, it's just so competitive and horrible and you get pitted against each other. My show was often about how as women we kind of, we do do that where we go, look, it's better with boys because they're easier. And But actually, no. What was the dynamic that. for you then? Three brothers. Yeah, including three brothers. sorry I love that joke Um, (laughs) everyone does was it an interesting I guess you wouldn't know any different then did you feel competitive with your brothers not at all no no not in the slightest I mean competitive at board games sure but are we all (laughs) Right? Yeah, it's normal, right? I have never ended uh, Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to up in the board at some point or other when you're not winning. <laughs> yeah, I totally. I mean, so yeah, competitive in like a kind of very, almost in a, in a way that was not impactful in our relationship. So something that would be like a board game or a card game or a running race or whatever when we were children. But certainly when we got to being adults, I don't remember. 
I mean, that might be different with the dynamic between my brothers. They might have felt more competitive with each mm-hmm. other. Are they um, older or younger? got one older or two younger oh, okay. but certainly as between us as siblings I never I never felt that pressure mm-hmm. and, and you know I don't think my brothers did but possibly a little bit when they were particularly when they hit sort of 17 18 maybe a little yeah. bit I mean maybe I always think if you don't feel um competitive with your siblings it's because you're the best one because ah, like, I'm, I'm I, not even in this race because I'm just up here I I think they're my... desperately competitive with you trying to reach yeah. your Peaks of excellence. Yeah, I think my <laughs> brothers would very much disagree with you there. Well, they're not here. So. They're not here, so they can't <laughs> argue. With that very good point. Thank you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Trevor, how do you feel about being a mum? Because you were talking in the TED talk about the way we treat and teach children, of course, which is so interesting. But um, as somebody that is very self-obsessed, um, I'm much more interested in the way we treat mums. Do you still feel like you? Yeah, I do, but I've got. I'm very lucky with my partner because we're. I think if you are, I, I mean, I, I don't know if the dynamic is different in a heterosexual relationship. It might be. I don't know. I've I don't, had one of them. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know if like dads are. I mean, like, okay, so I do know from some of my friends who, who, who that dads are a little bit tricky. Useless. Yeah, yeah, can be a little bit useless, or 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 just assume that you know that's not their job or that's not their role I think it's changing a lot and I and I and I and I don't want to to, to start making huge sweeping generalizations oh, can here we? Okay. <laughs> men are shit and women are brilliant yes um well I think because of the dynamic two women it's just it's lovely yeah we just kind of really listen to one another and we preempt things I think that's the difference we don't wait to be asked to do something so if I can see that my partner is struggling or she's tired or I will go right okay I'll what do you need and I'll make sure that that happens and she'll do the same for me so I don't feel like a loss of identity because I feel like we're dividing that that role that 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 the work that we have to do with the children we're dividing it very equally and because I think I'm very fortunate in that my partner she's very supportive of the job that I do and so she lets me just fuck off (laughs) in Edinburgh or she lets me go away and do whatever I I made a personal decision to go away less that I'm not going to take those gigs abroad anymore but if I had if I still wanted to do them she would be totally up for 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 doing them but I've just decided I just don't want to be away from my kids and and from her of course course. (laughs) she's okay too she's she's all right Oh, fair enough. Do you think other people treat you differently, though, as a mother? Did your mum treat you differently? I, I don't know that my mum... My mum is very... She is who she, she is. She wonderful. Uh, she is wonderful, and, and she... You know, we have a difficult relationship, so there is that. <laughs> but um, my mum is immovable. Mm-hmm. She's just who she is, and that never changes, and that never moves. <laughs> and so the way she is with me hasn't, I don't think changed dramatically I don't think but I think she you know she is very supportive and she is you know said kind things to me like I'm doing a good sometimes if I think oh god I'm not doing a very good job she'd be like you're doing a great job and then by the same token she'd be like but you know she'll undermine the way I discipline my children because she's stop blowing smoke in their faces (laughs) yeah she's very much of a firm hand uh, and I'm a little bit of a soft touch I think comparatively 
Fair enough. But I'm happy with that. You've spoken about your mum, obviously, a few times in shows. Um, mm. It was the whole show kind of about your dynamic. And What was it? My mum... Me, my mum and I. That's it, yes. Yeah, um, that was a long time ago. It was, yeah. sorry, yes. To be no, no, don't be. I mean, I just, I just... I mean, when I think about that show, I'm like, I don't even remember what was in it. But yeah, oh, that yeah. was... Presumably, yeah. you mentioned her. <laughs> it was all about her. I, I did sure, a show yeah. based where yeah. I based it in the living room and I pretended that she was in the kitchen. Amazing. So, so the whole time I'm, I'm looking behind me because I'm like, oh, you know, you know. So I'm talking about her as if she's in the kitchen and I'm in her house. Yeah. Does she mind you talking? Or does she know that you talk about her? No, actually? she knows. Um, she come and see you. No, she's seen. Those, she's seen, she knows all the material that I've ever done about her. Do you run it past her? When yeah, it's about her? including the stuff that I did in Meaningless, which I think was a little bit probably felt a little bit hard but when I wrote it I wrote it as a generalization about mums and I think a lot of people were like oh god your mum is like and I was like that's not really specifically about my mum but I think that that is she hear it as a she's heard it and I think you know she hasn't taken it personally no I don't think so but by the same token she's like you know okay that's enough now I've written a couple of books and in it's fiction but every time my mum's like oh (laughs) <laughs> You've written this about me. The first novel, the mum is dead, and my mum was very upset about it. Oh, really? She like, it's not you, mum. Just go back to your publishers and tell them that you don't want this character, your mother, to be dead. And I was like, it's not my mother. Yeah, <laughs> this is not character development. Yeah. This is fiction. <laughs> yeah, but every single yeah. But it's easier for you because at least you can say yours is fiction, whereas yeah. mine is blatantly not fiction. Yeah, but you can use the generalized rule. <laughs> yeah, but it's about mums. It's yeah, not about I you. Yeah, I have an S on the end. <laughs> Um, I think she would quite like it if I moved on. <laughs> Find something else. To talk yeah, because she's been in every show, so yeah, yeah. She's like, all right, enough now. Does anybody else mind you talking about them on stage? Um, I don't really talk about anyone else on stage particularly. I think most of the other people I bring up on stage are caricatures of people that are like, you know, the middle class mum or the the boorish man or sure. you know, yeah. I mean, if, and if I mention my partner, she it's very much in the context of. We as a couple, rather sure. than, and she is, blah, 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 you know, She's ball and chain. The old ball and chain. She's not a comedian, no. No. That would be a terrible idea. You smirked probably a little bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> not funny. Uh, no, she does make me laugh, but I think the idea of performing <laughs> to her... She does make me laugh. She makes me laugh. <laughs> she's, she's the best um, drunk you'll ever meet. Oh, amazing. Can she, we get her down here? She's <laughs> super, super fun. She's way more fun than me. Oh, damn She's it. way more fun at a party than I am. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not fun. You need that yin and yang, fun. don't you? I'm not fun. You are, shut up. You're so fun. She's fun. I've watched your YouTube videos, I've listened to your podcast. Uh, <laughs> You're fun. Yeah, no, but I'm not like, hey, relaxed fun. She's like, silly fun. Uh, okay. And I, I wish I was more like that. So I'm is she more... free to come on this podcast? We'll just stop this and just... <laughs> I'll get her on the phone. Let's FaceTime her. Yeah, we'll just her. put her on yeah. loudspeaker. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
So um, tell me how you ended up doing comedy professionally. Uh, what was your path into it? You did you did comedy at university or something? Didn't you? Yeah, I, I did it. I did it. Uh, there was a course. A, cu- a few, quite a few com- comics have done this course. Joe Enright, myself, Dan Skinner, who does Angelos, right. Epithemu, and was on Shooting Stars. Alan Carr, um, to name a few. Yeah. Uh, Sally Ann Hayward as well, who's a, a great comic. Um, when you do a degree in drama, very useful degree. Um, one of the one of the options is to do a stand up course, and, and that was at Middlesex, and it's in front of your friends. But you've already been Everyone doing thinks. comedy. It's not like you went there and came out a funny person. No, I mean you you do do a comedy course, but I mean you're you're absolute dog shit. You're terrible. Okay. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. There's no way you can do a comedy course and be a comedian. Sure. You're just somebody that's done a comedy course, and then you go and you try your five minutes out in front of your friends and family, and everyone laughs, and you think you're really funny, and then you go out on the open mic circuit and you die in your hole over and over and over you. again because you realise you're not that funny. Um, How do you get past that when you go out on the stage and, and people don't like? Have you had that? Or probably not for a while, but I. You just get. I don't know. You get completely. You. It's delusion. Okay. <laughs> it's a compulsive. It's a. It's a compulsion. Uh, and also you need to feel deluded enough to believe that you that you are good enough to be on there. And I would say that every comedian, and even like I'm talking about the very best comedians that you see on the television that sell out, you know, the O2. Sure. Every comedian, I believe, thinks they're probably 15 or 25% better than they are. <laughs> Isn't that a human rule, though? Like, Yeah, and I think you have to think that. Yeah, otherwise Because if you actually were aware of, how good you are you'd probably go I'm just not good enough to do this and like 90% of the time like when you start out you're really crap yeah but that thinking that you're 25% better than crap is the thing that pushes you on stage fair enough and 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 that does continue and you do need that because you have to believe that you're good sure and so if you if you don't have that 25% of delusion then chances are you won't won't make it it's kind of tricky though because you've exposed the fourth wall of delusion because you said you're aware that you're deluded and yet you carry on because now I've realised that even though I'm 25% you know shitter than I think I am I still seem to be good enough you're wonderful yeah so I'll stop gushing (laughs) so I'm like that'll do yeah (laughs) Well, fair enough. You, you have worked with some uh, amazing people. You, you, was it recently Frankie Boyle you were working with? Uh, yeah, I'm, and I'm still... Oh, uh, I, I So whenever he is warming up for his show, um, New World Order, or he when he was working up material for a new hour, mm-hmm. what he does is he'll have someone supporting him. Because so, he, he doesn't have an hour to begin with, so he'll go, right, can you do 20 minutes? And then I'll do 40. And then that eventually you'll whittle down to just doing 10. So I, I've done that for about the last... Nearly three and a half years I've been oh, doing right. it. Yeah, for him. And is he uh, as grumpy backstage? <laughs> He's lovely to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's really lovely. To me. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I've never seen See him... him beating stage hands. I've never seen him be rude to anyone. Yeah. Ever. I mean, he's not interested in small talk. Well... Chit chat. Yeah. Um, so Straight he'll avoid that at all costs. Stuff. And he doesn't want to meet any of his fans ever. No. Why? I mean, he why just would hates you? people. I think it's less that he hates people and more that he's just, he finds all of that 
very awkward. Well, it must be awkward. And and he doesn't know, he, he he's not the guy that is going to take a compliment well, so <laughs> just remove himself from the situation. But I do, I have a, a huge amount of respect and love for Frankie Law. He's been a, a real champion of mine, and, and I'm very, 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 very grateful to him because it, it has made a huge difference to my career. So, um, yes, I'm ever grateful. Um, when are you next on tour yourself? It will be at the beginning of next year, so probably end of January. Uh, because in September, so after Edinburgh, I will be going on the road with Romesh. Oh, amazing. So I'll be, I'll be supporting Romesh from, from September to December, and then in January I'll, I'll, do, I'll start my tour. It's, it does feel kind of like a club, you, the comedians, you all sort of know each other. Yeah, a little Seems bit. like fun. Yeah. Somewhat. I mean, I mean, there's probably a bunch of cunts in there as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> In, Not that many, in but the in the gang, <laughs> um, there are definitely people that you don't. I mean, there are there are a couple of people who I would definitely. Th- oh, I definitely think I can't. But not many. Come on, then. Not I'm many. Getting I can't. Li- I'll, we'll switch the mic off and I'll say. Okay. Um, but certainly on the road, yeah. You, you know, if particularly if you are a circuit comedian like I am and or have been for many many years, yeah. then you know you get to know people because you're you're with them for a whole weekend and. And because of the nature of the work that you do, you end up um, having quite intense relationships or friendships with people yeah. because, you know, you're doing these really rowdy, yeah. pissed up, sometimes coked up nights where you're like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. <laughs> and you've got to, you know, it takes some chutzpah to be in front of 450 people who are like, don't look like they're ready to listen to you and then get on stage, grab a microphone and command room and so you there is a shorthand with comedians and also there's something quite lovely about us it's going to sound really dreadful but there's a real genuine not dreadful schadenfreude but there is a schadenfreude amongst comedians where we loved either exchanging war stories where we go oh I died on my ass at this gig oh I'll tell you about the time I died or if you're with a comedian who you really it's a good mate and you know that they're good and they know that you know that they're good <laughs> but they're just having a terrible time on stage that is hilarious <laughs> that must be fun that to watch <laughs> so fun to watch just watch them just like having Absolutely a really bomb. tough time I mean not something where people are shout, being abusive but no. they're just really struggling the audience just aren't oh, gelling no. with them or they're not gelling with the audience that is really fun <laughs> good times that's good time but only with certain comics uh, other comedians it's just painful fair enough who but did if, you last see Bob then <laughs> oh, well I always think of this time I saw Paul McCaffrey who's a friend of mine and he's I think he's a very good comedian well it's not I he is a very good comedian <laughs> it's just me that thinks that <laughs> and I've told this story before but we were it was a Christmas gigs in a, in a club in, in Nottingham and it was uh, it was really rough and um, the MC who was on stage, who's, who's really good comedian, was just struggling because they were like shouting. No one was listening. He was having to like just put out fires left, right, and centre. And Paul was going on first, and he and he said to me, "This looks this looks fucking terrible." And I went, "Mate, mate, you just go on there, you you know, get your first joke in." And I said, "They'll they'll be they'll they'll be with you, you know, because you're a brilliant comedian. They'll, you'll be fine." And I said, "Just go out there and just fucking enjoy yourself." And he went, "You're right, mate. I'm just going to go out there and I'm just going to enjoy myself. That's what I'm going to do, right?" I went, "You're right, mate. You go out there and enjoy yourself." So he walked on stage, and then he literally picked up the mic, and some bloke shouted, "Tuck your shirt in!" And he went, "Tuck your shirt in, you fucking cunt!" And that was it. <laughs> and I. <laughs> And I was crying. <laughs> he 
because I'm just going to go out and enjoy myself. Jen. Really Touch your <laughs> fucking curtain, you can't. I just was crying. That was. Did that my... not get the audience on side? No, though? they, oh. they did not get the audience on side. That was the first thing he said when he picked up the microphone. And then he was on the back foot for the rest of the 20. Oh, my God. I was just crying with laughter. That really made that tickled me so much. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you love being on stage? Not always. <laughs> Not always. Sometimes it's sometimes I hate it. If I'm really, if I really love, I'm at that point now where I, the material that I'm doing, I'm bored of. Okay. So uh, and I'm writing a new hour for Edinburgh. So the stuff that I'm doing at the moment, I'm not in love with. Okay. So I don't enjoy being on stage as much. I did a set for Frankie last night where I kind of halfway, I'm, I'm thinking about my new material. So when I came on stage, I wasn't thinking about my set. And wasn't focused. Tell them to chuck their fucking. I didn't, but I was all over the place. (laughs) And for the first five minutes, they were like, (laughs) "What is happening? What is this?" This Can you really sense an audience going? Well, they're not laughing, and I don't know if you know what five minutes is like with no laughter, but it's a long time. But I'm experienced enough to not panic, so I just thought. And also, it's for Frankie, and I know that he doesn't care. Um, he doesn't give a shit to the audience or enjoy themselves. He genuinely doesn't. He's just like, he's just like, because I, I texted him and I said, mate, I'm so sorry about last night. I was dog shit. And he went, wasn't you, it was them. They were, they were They're pish. dog shit. Yeah. And I, he, they were pish and I told them so. And I was like, oh, I love you. So, um, Good but you've got to, you sometimes, if you, if you're getting a lot like I do, you can be a little bit blasé and I think last night was a reminder that whatever happens, just be focused. Yeah, because you owe it to the audience as well. Mm-hmm. And I owe it to myself to not, you know, like, yes. So when I'm really enjoying what I'm saying, I love being on stage. But the sort of hamster's wheel of being on the circuit and you're trotting out the same 20 minutes because you're like, I can't take any risks here. No. Because there's too much, there are too many variables in the room. This guy's shouting. This woman's got her head on the table. That party at the back aren't focused. So you just go, I've got to be bulletproof. There's got to be no gaps in the gags. So you just go, right, well, I'll just bang out the, oh, the strongest 20 that I can so that I can walk off stage with some dignity. <laughs> and also so that the club will book me again. Yeah. Because you can't, and particularly as a woman, you you cannot be shit ever. Yeah. You always have to bang it out. I've never, ever, ever felt at a club that I've ever had my feet under the table where I've been able to go, right, I'm if I have a dodgy one up, they'll still book me. I've never felt that. So I always go into every gig in every club just going, right, you've got to knock it out of the park yeah. to make sure that you get booked again. And I just don't it's think a lot of pressure. men have that. No. Well, I was going to ask you, um, would you do much of the telly stuff, all these, I was going to ask your thoughts about the all-male panel shows that you, we see so much of. Does that interest you, kind of infiltrating those? I mean, they're, they're impenetrable. So it's not, and I think that I think that now I kind of, in some ways, for, for a lot of those panel shows, particularly things that are on things, something like Comedy Central or any of those shows, I am probably too old now for those really? yeah i am and that's fine it's actually fine it's it, it's their their focus is on late 20s to early 30s mid 30s and i'm well into my mid 40s and i and i and and for those shows when i look at the people that they're picking and the the, the i you know i don't i don't really fit into those and those that's usually the stepping stone to getting terrestrial tvs to see that yeah. they've they've you've got these credits on on uh you know cable network 
TV shows and then they go, oh, right, okay. And I thought doing Apollo, I was like, okay, yeah. I've proven that, you know, I'm, I can funny. be funny and I can, you know... I mean, I don't know. If maybe I don't know if it's because I'm gay or because I'm a bit older or whatever. But they're, they're, or because I You'd haven't think had it, they'd want to tick some boxes. <laughs> they're not ticking this box, baby. Um, I'm not too worried. I don't worry about it too much. One because I can't control it, so it's not worth worrying about. And two because I'm always working, and so. Um, if I can tour and people come to see me, that's fantastic. Yeah. I've got a book coming out. People want to buy yeah, that. So I want to ask great. you about the book. Yeah. Sorry. So you do writing and stuff as well, don't you? Yeah. And, and what I, is the book? Tell the, me about it. The, the book. book is called uh, uh, The Other Mother. Amazing. Uh, and it's all about being the other mother. So, so not the memoir. biological mum. Yeah, it's kind of like a memoir of the first, it's like two years of my children's life and, and the bit before. Wow. And um, I've, really, I've really enjoyed writing it. And that comes out in September, okay. and it's it's funny. I wanted it to be funny. I didn't I didn't want it to be like too earnest. Or do you know what I mean? I, I was like when 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 my girlfriend was pregnant, I just wanted to re- have a re- read a book that kind of reflected my experience. And it wasn't there. There was nothing. No. So I thought, well, I'll write something because I mean, there's all the letters are at it now. <laughs> They're all at it. Yeah. Or writing a book or having babies. 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 Doing okay. It. So there's so, a market. Come on! Well, this publishing company thinks so. so <laughs> they don't. They don't let you write Who a book. Bring it out with? It's with Square Pegs, which is part of um, Penguin yeah. Random House. Yeah. Amazing. Ooh. Nervous about that? It is a different. Yeah, but thing. I was going to ask you world. because you yeah. know you're an author. Oh, so it's Don't you shit the bed. <laughs> yes. So, so when the book comes oh, out, can yeah. I? All right, I'm going to ask you when the book comes out. <laughs> What then? What happens? What then? You, people oh, review nothing. it, and no, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, no nothing so. happens. You'd hope that they would review it. It is always. Um, I was just uh, doing another interview with an author, and we were talking about that sort of weird thing where you bring a book out, and it's like this is something people dream about forever, <laughs> and it's such a huge thing, and then it does sort of come out, and you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm not joking about this. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. But no, I mean, I expect that your publicity people will be all over that. And, but the, the thing for me was that I just never expected to take it all so personally. <laughs> like, of course you take it personally. Obsessively reading reviews and stuff. Do you read reviews of your work? No. No. Okay. I don't because That's I have sensible. done in the past and there is no, there is nothing to be gained. And I, I heard David Sedaris being interviewed and he was asked that question I think it was on Adam Buxton's podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, was that? Was it? And remember, he's, so he asked him and he was like, they're not for me. No. Reviews aren't for me. True. They're for people who want to know if they want to buy my book. So um, it, whether the review is good or whether it's bad, that review isn't meant for my eyes. And and I, and I whilst I never thought about it like that, I just thought I, I, I don't have the stamina for it because no. it's lovely mostly you'll have lovely I'm sure you will I'm, sh- I'm sure it's not shit your book I'm sure it's brilliant but um I'm sure if it goes <laughs> on Amazon and people can review oh, it yeah. you know when I do my stand-up comedy people have very binary about how they feel mm. about me so it's very rare that people go nah, I don't, don't really know they're like who is this fucking terrible woman I hate her or they're it's like much better though don't you think like, yeah loved or hated I, well it's taken me a while to, 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 to um, kind of come to terms with that, I suppose, or to, to believe that myself. But, yeah, I do think that. I think if you if people are having a reaction to something that you're doing, then you must be doing something correct. Yeah. And the truth of the matter is, if you're doing something creative that has any value, it is important that some people hate it. 
Yeah. I, d- I don't like it when people are prescriptive about comedy. Comedy should be political and should have something. <laughs> no, comedy should be whatever you want it to be as the performer and, and you should do whatever the hell you like. And I, and I think actually lots of people, particularly now, don't want political comedy. They want Some escapism. kind of respite, yeah, from yeah. the hell that um, is the news. So it's great that everyone's doing something different. But per- personally for me, if I'm doing an hour, I would like it to have something where I'm able to express some of my frustration and and anger and also just try to hopefully what I want to do is convey an idea and make people think about something differently look I'm sure that doesn't happen but that is the intention and 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 you know I don't think comedy changes people's minds I'm not deluded I'm not that deluded I am deluded obviously (laughs) but even if I'm creating a a, an echo chamber where people like-minded people can go oh it's so nice to be in this space where we all agree on this Uh, there's a lot of slamming of echo chambers I love an echo chamber I think so and I I don't want to hear from dickheads I don't agree with (laughs) yeah exactly and I think you know if if you are feeling quite low or you're feeling like you know or or you're feeling like there's no hope yeah sometimes an echo chamber can go actually do you know what there, there is something I can do. The there are decent people in the world, and I'm not going to be cynical, and I'm not going to be mm-hmm. uh, complacent about this, and I am going to f- try to be more motivated and get involved. And I think echo chambers are good in buoying people and geeing people in- up into doing something that's quite positive. So I'm very pro-echo chamber. Same. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, is there anything else that you would like to plug or sell? What would what should everybody be doing? Should they follow you? Uh, not on follow me. Follow me in real life. Not in real life. <laughs> uh, as I've explained, uh, I'm not fun times. Um, but you can follow me on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I mean, listen, you it's just can, your name, right? Yeah, and it. You know, I do have a podcast with my dear friend yes. Maureen Younger. I wanted to talk about Maureen, but we've run out of time. We've run out of time. <laughs> she's I, just such a brilliant. She's the sort of ideal friend. She loves. She's got that beautiful peel of a laughter, hasn't she? And she's so generous with it. I you yeah. just want her around. I like, like. Well, I have her around a you lot. Do. <laughs> I have Maureen Younger. I mean, check out Love Maureen Younger. Dynamic. She has a great. Um, she has a great all-female comedy night called uh, My Comedy, which is at the That's Retro. Right. I obviously need to go along. You to need that. to go along. It's I'm brilliant. championing funny females, um, uh, and it's just yeah, lots of great women being very, very funny. Amazing. So well done for using your plug moment to plug someone else. That was very. Nice I have of you. nothing if not generous. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today, Jen, and thank, thank you, you everyone out there for listening. Uh, please rate and subscribe if you have a minute. Bye. Bye. Thank you everyone out there for listening. Next week on the podcast, we have the brilliant Alison Spittle, who sang Catholic hymns with me. Please do join us for the weirdness.